Welcome to the next episode of the God Conversations podcast with Tanya Harris, a series that will equip you to recognize God's voice. More resources can be found at godconversations.com. Hi, and welcome to the God Conversations podcast with Tanya Harris, a series designed to equip you to recognize God's voice. There was a young boy His name was Surprise Sithole. Yes, that is his real name. But see, the Africans are very expressive in their names. And he was born in Africa, in a jungle village. And he came from a long line of witch doctors. When he was 14 years old, he was woken in the middle of the night by an unfamiliar voice telling him to get up and leave his family immediately. So Surprise got up left his family, and he never saw them again. He heard some time later they were slaughtered the very next day. That young boy collected his friend in the middle of the night from a nearby village, and together they wandered lost and starving through the jungle. It was a few weeks later when they stumbled upon the edge of a village. They were weary They were starving. They'd survived on bugs and the remnants of the jungle. On the edge of the village, they were met by an old man. His first words to them were this, At last you've come. It turns out that the old man and his wife took the two boys in, fed them and sheltered them for a number of weeks before they moved on to the next stage of their journey. The story goes... It's a fascinating one. The the story goes that the reason the old man met them at the edge of the village with those words was that before they'd come is that he had seen the boys in a dream. God told him to wait for the boys and when they arrived that he should look after them. Young Surprise eventually gets to know that unknown voice that he heard in the middle of the night that warned him to leave his village home And he went on later to become an evangelist, planting churches and witnessing the supernatural works of God all over the continent of Africa. It's an amazing story, isn't it? It shows the stunning providence and guidance of God. I love it. But I want you to notice something. How did God speak? How did he communicate with the old man and tell him about surprise and his friend? Well, first, there was a voice in the night It was a voice that woke him up. And even though he didn't know what the voice was, he knew that he had to follow it, that he was in danger. The second way that God spoke was to the old man, and he spoke to him in a dream. Today I want to talk to you about this form of communication that God uses. He speaks in dreams. The kind of dreams that are mentioned in a very familiar scripture Acts chapter 2, verse 17. I want to talk to you about this this favourite mode of communication that God uses and how we've definitely managed to turn it into something else. But first I want to mention uh, our new release ebook, The Easy Way to Hear God's Voice. Have you read it yet? I'd love to hear your thoughts. I know that when God first started speaking to me in dreams, this was the book I wish someone had given me. It's a simple introduction to the topic and it explains basically what the scriptures say and why I'd never been taught about it. 
If you have read it, I'd love you to see if you can review it at Amazon or perhaps on Goodreads if you're a member there. But if you haven't had a chance to read it yet, can I encourage you? Godconversations.com forward slash blog is the place to get it for free. You can download it there for free. We've got it in a variety of different formats that are suitable for all e-readers. You can also buy it at Amazon, but we'd much prefer to give it to you as a gift. And I really encourage you to have a read of that. As I said before, it's quite a quick read, and so hopefully it won't take too long. But let's get on with the topic that we're talking about today. Let's start with that famous verse from the book of Acts. These words were spoken by the Apostle Peter at the very defining moment of the birth of the early church. From verse 16, it says this, This is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. It's a pivotal moment in history. The events on the day of Pentecost changed everything for the church, for Christianity, both then and in the years and in the generations to come. In fact, it was a moment that people had been waiting for. For years and years, the prophets had heard from God that there would come a day when the Spirit would come. Those early prophets looked forward to this time. Joel was one of them. He's one who prophesied that when the Spirit would come, sons and daughters and young and old would have the Spirit come on their lives. And it was the experiences of those early believers on the day of that Jewish festival that turned a hapless group of disheartened Jews into a force to be reckoned with. It was a movement that changed the world. But what did the coming of the Spirit actually mean to them, for the church, for us? What did it change? What was so significant about it? I want to address this question by kind of flipping it around a little bit, because we're going to start with what this verse doesn't mean. I want to show you three things that this verse, Acts chapter 2, verse 17, doesn't mean. You ready? Number one, it doesn't mean that grey-haired men will get dreams because they sleep longer than their younger counterparts. Have you heard this before? This is what I heard growing up. In fact, I heard lots of jokes about it. You may have too. So the idea is that if you're a young man, you'll have lots of vision. You're so full of life and of energy that you're going to build the kingdom and change the world. But if you're an old man, well... That probably means that you'll fall asleep in church and you'll have dreams. Or so the joke went. We kind of missed the point, didn't we? See, the main thing that changed between the old and the new covenant was who the Spirit was given to. Once it was only given to the chosen people, those special prophets who were set apart to hear the Spirit. That's how it was in the old covenant. But when the new covenant comes, everything changes. Now the sons get to hear, the daughters get to hear, everyone, male and female. Now the young and now the old. See, the use of this phrase, sons and daughters, and young and old men, is a literary device. It is Hebrew parallelism that shows that all people from every demographic, no matter how old or how young, No matter whether they're male or female, everyone 
now has access to the Spirit. That's the main difference between the Old and the New Covenant. The Spirit was always working. It's just that now the Spirit is now available. There's greater access. We can all access the Spirit and we can all hear from what God wants to say to us. He can communicate now directly. We don't need to go to a prophet. We don't need to go to a middle person who we need to depend on to get the message from God. That's the significant thing. You see, in the old days, God spoke through prophecy and dreams and visions. So now he's saying, I now use this mode of communication to speak to everyone. It's not the spirit that's changed. It's who the spirit comes upon that's changed. What else doesn't this verse mean? Number two, it doesn't mean that everyone is therefore called to the ministry of prophet. See, in the Old Testament, the prophets were God's special mouthpieces to pass on his messages. They were specialists in their field with a very particular calling. So people relied on them to hear from God, to get the lowdown, if you like, on what God was saying and doing. In the New Covenant, It's described this way, that there are five different ministries, five different callings in the church that would then go on to equip people to do those things that God had called them to, and prophet is one of them. So the prophet's job is to be a specialist that would now equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. Ephesians 4 chapter 12 tells us this. There's also teachers and apostles and evangelists, and I've missed one. What's the other one? Pastors, that's right. Five different ministries. So not everyone is called to be like a a specialist in the church, but everyone's called to be equipped to do the work of the ministry. Everyone can prophesy. Everyone can have dreams and visions. Everyone can hear from God directly for themselves. The third thing that this phrase in Acts chapter 2, verse 17 doesn't mean is this. It doesn't mean that we are visionaries who devise great plans for our personal mission statement. Have you ever heard this passage used in this way? I feel like I've heard sermons on the story of Joseph for years, and I'd have to say that 99% of them take this phrase about dreams and visions and turn it into something else other than what actually happened. See, Joseph fell asleep and he had a dream. A literal fall asleep dream. He saw sun and moon and stars bowing down to him. Then it happened again. He fell asleep and he had another dream. This time he saw sheaves of wheat bowing down to him. Joseph didn't sit down one day and create a mission statement. He didn't take time out to envision what he wanted his life to look like in 10 years' time and draft a 10-year plan. He didn't do a gift survey or a personality test and from that deduce what kind of career path he would take. No, that's that's not what happened. Joseph literally had a dream and the dream showed him prophetically that one day he'd be in in a leadership position. One day it would be a position of significance that He would lead his family, that the cultural norms of being the youngest in the family would be turned around and that his family would come down and and come and bow to him. And he saw it in an actual dream. We see it come to pass years later, don't we, when he becomes like the prime minister of the greatest empire of the day. 
And it's some 20 years later that his family does come and bow down to him, even when they didn't know at the time who he was. The prophetic vision that Joseph had was given to him while he was sleeping. It came from God. It was God's idea for his life. And sure, it may have been related to his desires and his talents and his gifts and, and maybe he even dreamt about it in his, in his daydreams. But it was a vision, it was a revelation that came directly from God. Now, I'm not saying that having a vision for your life or a, a desire for your life is invalid or unimportant. not saying that at all. In fact, I'm all for writing those things down. I'm all for dreaming and imagining and visioning and scoping out what your life is for. In fact, I do it all the time. I believe very strongly that God has given us desires and talents and gifts that are directly related to his plan for our lives. And actually, he encourages us to imagine, to actually envision what that will be like. And I encourage you to do the same, to actively engage on a conscious level. But that's not what this promise is about. That's not the meaning of this scripture in Acts chapter 2, not even close. Dreams and visions in this passage, were well-known forms of God's communication with his people. The early church were familiar with it because they knew Old Testament history. They knew that this is the way that God had been speaking to people for centuries. Have a look at Numbers chapter 12, verse 6. This, this verse, the scripture says directly, God says, this is how I speak. I speak to you in dreams and visions. He describes the mode that he uses. So when the early church hears Peter use these words, your young men will have dreams, your old men will have visions, they would have thought about how God gave Abraham the covenant, how Jacob has had his, his transformation experience when he dreamt about the stairway to heaven. They would have thought about how Solomon received wisdom and, and how Zechariah saw the return of the nation after exile. They would have understood instantly that, that God was talking about how he speaks and what would happen in their lives as a result. Unfortunately, because of our misunderstandings, our fears and, and perhaps our doubts, we've turned this phrase into something else than what it actually meant to the church. And in doing so, we've missed out on some of God's communications to us. Because imagine if God were communicating to us in this way and we were missing out. Imagine if God was answering your questions, showing, showing you his will, speaking to you in the night, and you, and you just disregarded it. In fact, that's exactly what it says in, in Job chapter 33, verse 13 and to 15, it says this, Why do you complain to him that he responds to no one's words? For God does speak, now one way, now another, though no one perceives it. In a dream, in a vision of the night, when deep sleep falls upon people as they slumber in their beds, he may speak in their ears. To sum up, what does this verse really mean? that your sons and daughters will have, will be able to prophesy that your young and old will have visions and dreams? What does it really mean? What it does mean is that with the coming of the Holy Spirit, that all who follow Jesus have the direct ability to hear from God through whichever way he communicates. And as we see in the scriptures, 
the most common forms are through prophecy and dreams and visions. That means wherever we go, wherever we are, we can hear his words from heaven. We can have two-way conversations with God. And that changes everything. So this week, can I just encourage you, when you're heading to bed or you're going for a snooze, why don't you just pray, ask God, say, Lord, speak to me, answer my questions, guide me, show me what your heart is for me right now. What is your purposes? And when you wake up, just check to see if he has spoken. Thanks so much for listening today. I hope it's given you some food for thought. Perhaps you've got some questions about the topic. Why don't you jump on our blog page at godconversations.com and, and ask away. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Also, if you've had a chance to read The Easy Way to Hear God's Voice, why don't you write a review on Amazon or at Goodreads as well. We'd, we'd love to hear what your thoughts are and where things are at. And in the meantime, I'm praying that God will speak to you in any way that he chooses. Perhaps it may come in the middle of the night. Bye for now. We hope you've enjoyed this podcast by Tanya Harris. We'd love to hear your thoughts on this topic. So post your comments on the blog page of godconversations.com or at facebook.com forward slash Tanya M. Harris. Help us to equip others to recognize God's voice by rating the series on iTunes. Remember, Jesus said we would know his voice. It was never meant to be a one-way conversation.